Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dad's Read Princess Stories, the podcast where dads from around the world read stories about princesses from around the world. I'm your host, RPJ, and this second season of the podcast is all about Cinderella. During this season, you will hear dads from all backgrounds reading various versions of the Cinderella tale. Each dad reads in their own voice. Sometimes they might be very serious. And sometimes they might be very silly doing outlandish or cartoony voices. Don't know why they would do Italian, but maybe they will. Or maybe they read in a very quiet voice. Like it's late at night and they're telling a bedtime story. Some of them might stop to do little asides, commenting on what's being read in the tale. At the end of each tale, they will give you what they think is the moral of the story. This is something that each dad comes up with on their own. Again, this might be very funny, a joke, or a silly antidote. Or it's a serious examination of the story. It changes with every dad and every tale. Today's Cinderella tale is Capo Rushes. Capo Rushes is an English fairy tale published by Joseph Jacobs in his book English Fairy Tales. Reading Capo Rushes today is Paul Short. Paul has been a dad for almost seven years. He is an actor, writer, MC, producer, improviser, puppeteer, and bartender when the world isn't closed to repairs. He bikes everywhere and likes to camp and play video games with or without his child. You can follow Paul on Instagram or at Twitter at It's Paul Short and online at www.theshowdown.rocks. Well, there was once a very rich gentleman, and he'd had three daughters, and he thought he'd see how fond they were of him. So he says to the first, oh, How much do you love me, my dear? Why, says she, as I love my life. Oh, that's good, says he. So he says to the second, uh, How much do you love me, my dear? Why, says she, better nor all the world. Oh, that's good, that's good, says he. So he says to the third, How much do you love me, my dear? Why, I love you as a fresh meat loves salt, says she. <sighs> well, he was that angry. You don't love me at all says he, and in my house you stay no more. So he drove her out there and then and shut the door in her face. Well, she went away on and on till she came to a fen, and there she gathered a lot of rushes and made them into a kind of sort of cloak with a hood to cover her from head to foot and to hide her fine clothes. And then she went on and on until she came to a great house. Do you want a maid? says she. Ah, oh, no, we don't, said they. I haven't nowhere to go, says she, and I ask no wages, and do any sort of work, says she. Well, says they, 
If you like to wash the pots and scrape the saucepans, you may stay. They said so. She stayed there and washed the pots and scraped the saucepans and did all the dirty work. And because she gave no name, they called her Cap O'Rushes. Mm-hmm. Clever. Well, one day there was to be a great dance a little way off, and the servants were allowed to go and look at the grand people. Cap O'Rushes said that she was too tired to go, so she stayed at home. But when they were gone, she offed with her cap o' rushes and cleaned herself and went to the dance, and no one there was so finely dressed as her. Well, who should be there but her master's son? And what should he do but fall in love with her the minute he set eyes on her? He wouldn't dance with anyone else. But before the dance was done, cap o' rushes slipped off, and away she went home. And when the other maids came back in the morning, well, she was pretending to be asleep, with her cap o' rushes on. Well, the next morning, they said to her, You did miss a sight, cap o' rushes. Oh, why is that? said she. Why, the beautifulest lady you ever see. I dressed right gay and gone. The young master, he never took his eyes off her. Well, I should have liked to have seen her, said cap o' rushes. Well, there's to be another dance this evening, and perhaps she'll be there. But... Come the evening, Cap O'Rushes said that she was too tired to go with them. However, when they were gone, she offed with her Cap O'Rushes and cleaned herself and went away to the dance. Now, the master's son had been reckoning on seeing her, and he danced with no one else, and never took his eyes off of her. But before the dance was over, well, she slipped off, and home she went, and when the maids came back, she pretended to be asleep with her Cap O'Rushes on. Well, the next day they said to her again, Well, says they, there's a dance again this evening, and you must go with us, for she's sure to be there. Well, come this evening, Cap O'Rushes said that she was too tired to go, and do what they would, she stayed at home. But when they were gone, she offed with her Cap O'Rushes and cleaned herself, and away she went off to the dance. And the master's son was rarely glad when he saw her, well, he danced with none but her and never took his eyes off of her. When she wouldn't tell him her name, nor where she came from, he gave her a ring and told her that if he didn't see her again, well, he should die. Well, before the dance was over, off she slipped and home she went. And when the maids came home, she was pretending to be asleep with her cap of rushes on. Well, the next day, they says to her, there, uh, there, Capo Rushes, you didn't come last night, and now you won't see the lady, for there's no more dances. Well, I should have rarely liked to have seen her, says she. The master's son tried every way to find out where the lady had gone, but go where he might and ask whom he might, he never heard anything about her, and he got worse and worse for the love of her till he had to keep his bed. Make some gruel for the young master. They said to the cook, he's dying for the love of the lady. Well, the cook, she said about making it when Caporushes came in. What are you doing of? Says she, I'm going to make some gruel for the young master, says the cook, for he's dying of love for the lady. Well, let me make it, said Caporushes. Well, the cook wouldn't at first, but at last she said yes, and Caporushes made the gruel. And when she had made it, she slipped the ring into it, and, well, on the sly, of course, and before the cook 
could take it upstairs. The young man drank it, and then he saw the ring at the bottom. Send for the cook, says he. So up she comes. Who made this gruel here? Says he. I, 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 I did, said the cook, for she was frightened, and he looked at her. No, you didn't, says he. Say who did it, and you shan't be harmed. Uh, well, then it was Capo Rushes, says she. Send Capo Rushes here, says he. So Capo Rushes came. Did you make my gruel, says he. Yes, I did, says she. Where did you get this ring, says he. From him that gave it to me, says she. Well, who are you then, says the young man. I'll show you says she, and she offed with her cap of rushes, and there she was in her beautiful clothes that she had apparently never changed. Well, the master's son, well, he got very well very soon, and they were to be married in a little time. It was to be a very grand wedding, and everyone was asked from far and near, and cap of rushes father was asked, but she never told anybody who she was. But before the wedding, she went to the cook, and says she, I want you to dress every dish without a mite of salt. Well, that'll be right nasty, says the cook. Huh, that doesn't signify, says she. Very well, says the cook. And, well, the wedding day came, and they were married, and after they were married, all the company sat down to dinner, and when they began to eat the meat that was so tasteless, well, they couldn't eat it, but Capo Rush's father, well, he tried first one dish and then another, and then he burst out crying. What is the matter? said the master's son to him. Oh, says he, I had a daughter, and I asked her how much she loved me. And she said, as much as fresh meat loves salt. And I turned her from my door, for I thought she didn't love me, but now I see she loved me best of all, and she may be dead now for all I know. No, father! Here she is, says Capo Rushes, and she goes up to him and puts her arms around him, and they were so happy ever after. The end! Well, I think we can all agree that there's a few morals to take from this story. Number one, if you change your clothes, people will not recognize you. Number two, um, threatening suicide is apparently quite a way to get somebody to, like, take your proposal seriously. And... Number three, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Those other two points, they were kind of in the story because they just were, I picked up on them that way. But, like, don't judge a book by its cover. And what that means, uh, try to see someone for more than just what they look like. Yeah, that'll do it. So, I want you to have a good night and uh, see you in the morning. Okay? Love you. <laughs>